Welcome to a Britflix Frightfest podcast preview, or even a Frightfest preview podcast. Um, could you uh, introduce yourself, my latest guest? Yes, absolutely. Hi, Stuart. My name is Adam Levins, and uh, I'm the director of Estranged. Cool. Now, what's the what would be a brief synopsis of Estranged? How would you describe it? Um, so... It's it's a film about a young woman who's run away from home and is traveling overseas, and she gets amnesia, and so her boyfriend brings her home to her parents and, and discovers that they live in this big manor house, and uh, and they end up being you're almost like caught in like a time trap, like where am I? Am I going back in time uh, to some old traditional English values that don't really exist anymore? I wouldn't say. Yeah. And um, as time goes on. Uh, you start to see that uh, that they're trying to control her life in certain ways and put pressure on her boyfriend. And really, it, what starts out as a sort of a, a thriller, amnesia thriller, turns into more of a, uh, a heightened stakes horror film. Okay. Yeah. That seems a fair summary of the movie. Uh, now, if in um, I started off with a 50-50 split of what, make, what made up the movie, i.e. scares and gore. But having done a few of these podcasts now, I've realised from the people that I speak to, that's maybe a bit too binary. So, and obviously thinking about your film, um, if a film was equal parts mystery, scares, gore, and psychological, i.e. 25% each, what would be the makeup of that in your for your film to describe how it how it's sort of built? Yeah, it's not. It's funny because uh, you know distributors always want to put a film in a box and say this is horror because it's a, obviously an easier sell that way. Of course. And you know, although although Strange definitely has uh, lots and lots of horror in it, um, and it's quite dark horror, I would say. Uh, I would say it's sort of equal parts thriller, which is kind of my what, the path that I want to go down. I love thrillers. I'm, I'm a big like Hitchcock fan. I'm a big uh, David Fincher fan. I like that sort of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the difference is, I think what Estranged is kind of, is, is sort of a, starts out as a mystery thriller that turns into a psychological horror that then ends as a revenge film. Possibly. I think, I think that's, a, that's a good description of its makeup. So when and where can people see it at Frightfest? Yes, uh, we'll be screening uh, on Discovery Screen 1 at 3.30 on the Saturday, which is the 29th. Brilliant, brilliant. Now let's go back and look at the, uh, the, the the makeup of this movie and how um, were you were you involved at the um, at the at the inception of this script or did you come into this as a finished script as a director? Uh, neither. I wouldn't. I would. I wasn't there at the inception. Um, I was brought in pretty much right after um, the first draft was done. Okay. And I knew it was going on because uh, the team that are behind this are people that. We've been collaborating together for many years prior. Um, William Borthwick, the producer, and myself both went to uh, Guildhall, uh, or London Met now, Sir John Cass Department of Art, which is in uh, East London. Yeah. And that's how we met. And he's from Bristol, and he has a whole team of people in Bristol that, that sort of like came up in the industry there, like Ben King, who's an editor that's edited pretty much everything we've done. And... Um, and so we have this little little unit, and, yeah. and so Simon uh, Fantoso is the 
is the uh, the writer that's written, for example, City Rats that we've done prior with Danny Dyer and Tamara Hassan, which was this kind of really random different film because it wasn't typical of what they were doing back in the, at the time. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, and so that was our first kind of collaboration on a feature, and it's the same people essentially that are, that are working on this. But Simon, you know, he's the writer. Will also has dipped into writing now. Uh, the last few things he gets involved and writes with Simon. They sort of write as a team. And so what I tend to do, and we're doing this on another project now, we're continuing to push forward on new films, is um, <clears throat> they usually get the first draft done, and then I read it, and if, if it's something I feel like I can do, then I work for with them for a couple of years or a year and push out more and more drafts, and we all pretty much have a, a Skype meeting because we all live in different countries now. Well, Will lives over here with me, and then Simon's still back in England. And so... We, we sort of like, it's sort of a, a good way to work because I come to the drafts more fresh than they are and then I can be sort of a mediator between the two of them and we can all three come to like decisions about where we should push the new draft. <clears throat> okay, what, what do you remember being the sort of hardest challenges then to resolve in storytelling terms as you were developing the script together? Well, actually, I thought the first draft was really good. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like. I mean, I was just really excited. I've been waiting for something to direct because I've been doing a lot of uh, DPing at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I directed like music videos and stuff, but I hadn't done a feature. And this was kind of right up my alley. I liked the sort of the sort of simplicity of the story, and then the, this sort of like sort of like there's a simmer that's going on under the, under the surface that leads to a lot of tension, and that was already there in the first drafts. Cool. Obviously, lots and lots of things changed, hmm. but it's actually funny because, like, the way that this story came about was that Will had access to this large manor house, <clears throat> and so it was, and, and we had these actors that we'd worked with before, not all of them, but we had a few people like, you know, James Cosmo and um, a few of the other talent uh, we'd hmm. worked with in the past, and we were like, we want to do something with these actors at this location, let's come up with a story that we can do that pretty much just takes place in this manor house. Okay. And then, you know, the script was developed off of that idea. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, we also discussed, like, I love uh, Danish dogma films. I think, like, Festin, uh, it's actually called, I think, The Celebration. Mm -hmm. Las movie is, like, a, a favorite of mine. And I wanted to do something, you know, it's not the same as Festin at all, but it's, like, it's kind of, like, similar in the sense that you have this little world that you can build out in some <clears> remote <throat> house. And so that's kind of, like, what we did. And... Um, then what happened was down the road, Will lost, or we, Will didn't lose it, but this house that we had access to disappeared because it basically went into foreclosure of some sort or other. Okay. And, uh, and so then we had this script that now we were all in love with because we'd been working on for quite a long time. And uh, then we needed to, uh, to find a new house. And, and we actually, Will, like, because uh, I was over here at that time, and he went around looking at houses and he would send me pictures and we looked at lots and lots of places, and we were very lucky to get, you know, uh, Lampton Court where we ended up because, I mean, it was just perfect for filming. And they were kind of looking to diversify their income at that time, and I think we were the first production to come in and use that. And if you look at English TV now, it's that property is used a lot. Okay. Yeah. And how, how, how did you identify that? Pro how did that property come up then in your, in your kind of searches? Obviously, it's quite specific, isn't it, that kind of... A kind of huge, huge house with grounds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how that house came up because, like I said, I was over here in the states and Will oh, okay. sent me stuff, and so I, I was just looking through them, and I when I that when I saw that house, I was just it just 
excited me. And one of the reasons was because all of the exteriors that you see of the film are the sort of like the manor house that's still uh, sort of that, that sits sort of like on that approach that you see at the beginning. Yeah. But but the interiors actually, for the most part, not every single one, but most of them are shot in this derelict castle that they had built. It, it wasn't. It's not like an old castle. I think it was built at the turn of the last century. Or, I don't know, like it, like 1910 or 1920 or something. So it's kind of like a new building that looks like a castle, but it's just sort of fallen into disrepair. <laughs> and so we can, kind of, we can kind of treat it like a, um, like, a, like a studio. And we, you know, we were doing all kinds of stuff to it. And so that's why you see that, you know, when you see that exterior, yeah. I don't know if it clicks, but it's like how, how does the inside seem so much bigger and there's all these like derelict rooms and stuff. It's because it's, it's a slightly different property that's a little driveway. I trust. I trusted you when I read when I watched it. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think about the uh, that. But now you're telling me. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was perfect. And so I love that aspect that you'd have the freedom to because you know I've been in production long enough that I know like if you get into some really nice manor house, the people are going to be. It's just really difficult to work. You got to put blankets down everywhere, and you know. Of and, course, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and at least this place, they were talking about redoing this building that was huge, and so we were like, great, we can come in and paint. We can do all kinds of interesting things with you know production design and whatnot so. so what so in that sense then when when you got to that lock script and you were pre-producing it to get it ready to shoot what yeah. what on the page sort of seemed the sort of most insurmountable and what what were the breaks or what were the the work the work rounds that you come up with to achieve it well the most challenging thing and and it, and we didn't do it <laughs> because it, we had a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time and so okay. you know there there was an accident uh scene that had been written in a little a little later into the script yeah. and um is in the current film as you've seen mm-hmm. but actually that was all done with sound originally we had just shot a, a sort of a tunnel scene where the lights are passing and you hear uh, the sounds of the crash, and then you cut to these lights in the tunnel change to lights in a, in a hospital hallway, and you can see the IV bag that's all sort of bloody on the top and stuff. And it was actually very cool. But when um, when Steven uh, Schneider got involved over here in the States and took on the film, we went to sort of a, a long period of uh, redeveloping it for, I would say, a more mass audience. Uh, yeah. Because it was quite, I think originally my, it was quite um, a little bit more arty, possibly. I don't want to use that word. Like, that was kind of like what it was. And then, you know, when Stephen got involved, it was more like, okay, let's see how we can make this a little more mainstream and and a little more um, palatable for, like, your general horror audience. And so then it was like, let's let's, let's reshoot this opening, this crash, and make it a little more engaging and exciting. So that scene was actually shot after the fact. We'd already had a cut of the film, and, uh, and we shot... Um, in a tunnel in L.A., which you're like, tunnel in L.A.? There's no tunnels in L.A., but it was actually a tunnel that was going through a big apartment complex downtown um, and then went to Costa Rica for um, the exteriors of that. So that was actually, you know, quite a while after we wrapped the film. Um, and that was, you know, that was in the script originally, but it was definitely challenging on the budget we initially had, and so we, we raised some more funding for that. Wow. Yeah. I feel I feel like I've had the curtain pulled back on on the Wizard of Oz there. Certainly with, <laughs> certainly with the tunnel, that's quite that's quite nice. Yeah, and we had to. So the challenge with something like that is you have to. We had to find two scooters that matched somewhat. We had to find two um, two trucks. Uh, two, uh, you know, the, basically the everything that we did there, we had to shoot 
shoot it in, in Costa Rica and in LA. Because the problem is, you, it's hard to get the stunt people in Costa Rica uh, to, to do even a small crash like that. And you can't get those, because she's supposed to be back in Brazil, so you can't get that sort of scenery in LA. So yeah, LA can double for a lot of things, but not that. Right, <laughs> not rolling, uh, not rolling uh, rainforest. Indeed, indeed. Now, without giving without giving too much away about it. Now, you say you say you, you you're going to be over at Frightfest, are you? Yeah, I, um, I'm super excited to come because I haven't seen uh, a lot of the actors in a while, and uh, my family, because I'm Danish, uh, so my my mom, who's living in Denmark, and some of my family are all coming across, and I'm just it's sort of for me, it's just sort of a family reunion slash, you know, <laughs> slash reunion with the crew and cast and stuff. So, yes, I'll be there for uh, for a couple of days around the film. Okay. So so in that sense then, so when you're sat in the room with the Fright Fest audience, what, what, yep. are you, what are you most excited to sort of see them either witness or experience as part of your movie? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I always get a little nervous at those things. Uh, we just uh, did a U.S., premiere here at Newport Beach Film Festival and you know it's 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 fun I I don't particularly like doing Q&A's I'm not even sure if I'm doing one but like if, if something like that's going on I'm pretty much just sitting there dreading getting it back up getting oh. up on stage afterwards but you know the good thing is it's been a while since I've when you're in production you watch the film just over and over and over again and you get so burned out on it yeah. um I actually enjoyed seeing it at Newport Beach on the big screen and, and you know I actually got a little lost in it which is which is a nice feeling because you kind of lose that uh, when you've been involved in the editing and all of that and the sound and everything and you just kind of get desensitized to the story of course and yeah. so I, I actually enjoy watching it now that it's been a while as far as the audience is concerned uh, I mean I like that the story kind of twists and turns and that people and hopefully because you know Twists and Turns these days is, is a staple of, of cinema, you know. Um, yeah. It's kind of, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, Christopher Nolan, like all these people have brought this sort of like real twisty, turny style. And I think, you know, what I tried to do with this is do it a little more subtly. So it's almost like, it's almost genre melding a little bit and it's changing. The story is like changing, but it's not slamming you too hard. Um, and so I like that sort of seeing people think that they're settling into almost like a, a slightly horror version of, of Gosford Park, and then and then being hit with like what really happens, and it gets a lot darker, and people, you kind of see some people sort of squirming in their seats a little bit, and you know, I, I guess that's sort of a little bit sick of me, but I, I think that's quite fun. Is that going to be a movie tagline, by the way, a horror version <laughs> of Gosford Park? Um, no, I don't think so. I just uh, I. I, I, when we were getting ready to shoot, I know that was one of the films that I looked at for visual references. Um, okay. But, um, you know, there, it's sort of like, you know, the, the English classic Manor House film. Of course. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, no, and it was a film that sprung to mind when I watched it. Oh, okay. Um, oh. So let's remind people then when they can, when they can see the film at Frightfest. So uh, the film will be screening at Frightfest on Saturday the 29th at 3.30 p.m. And uh, and you'll get to meet. I think most of the <clears throat> most of the cast will be there, as far as I know, at this point, and probably a lot of the crew. And I think it's going to be a great time. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, finally, um, we we with Britflix, we like we we like to. Uh, I mean, this is a British movie, isn't it? I mean, do you want do you want to? I mean, before we started the podcast, you were explaining your your own kind of world makeup as a citizen. 
so you're you're part British, part Danish. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I'm. I don't sound very English, but uh, my father was from Manchester. My mother is Danish, and he he was sort of a hippie and moved over to Denmark for a bit. And met my mom, and then I ended up growing up. Um, I was in India for a while. Um, and then I was in Japan for many years. I was in Japan from when I was like nine till I was 18. And yeah. so I sort of developed this bland, nothing accent. Uh, I really wish, especially living in the States now that I had that sexy English accent because I see my friends that are over here just constantly getting female attention because of their accents. Um, <laughs> I lost that bit. I didn't get that advantage, but, uh, but yeah, I am, I did live and work in England for 12 years. Like I said, uh, you know, we had a partnership there and, and so this is definitely an English film, um, and you know I don't sound English, but there's a lot of English in there. All right, but I say I, I say brilliant and and uh, and things like that, and you know even though I don't sound English, especially because I've been living over in the states now for a few years, I think I did sound a bit more English back in the day. Yeah. Um, and my wife has mentioned to me that even though I throw in the odd English euphemism and word, I don't sound as English as I used to. Look, my my sister-in-law has been living living in the states now since the early noughties. And yeah. it's it to me it's just always novel when I when because I remember her before she moved out to America, and she works in health, so she's dealing with Americans face to face every single day of her, and having to explain what they need to do, and so her yeah. accent is so moderated for the people she speaks to now that she sounds like she's from the area, and she's yeah. like, she's like up near Portland, you know, so it's like <clears throat> it's fascinating. Um, but anyway, what I was going to ask you was for you uh -huh. to tell me your favorite British horror movie. It's always difficult to choose one. Um, you can have two or three. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I would say um, Straw Dogs, like for me, I remember, I haven't seen that in a long time, but like that was a very uh, influential film for me. I really like the storytelling. <coughs> it's a horror film, but it also has a great build and uh, great use of characters. And yet, is quite terrifying. Um, the original, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I think that's that's really fun. I, I think I also like that there's an American character in there that comes over because I, I I think I can identify with that constantly moving around sort of thing, ending up in a strange new place. Um, let me think. I really like the Descent as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's a totally different type of film. Twenty Eight Days Later is is a great film that's also very different. I mean, there's so many fantastic English uh, horror films. Well, you're not uh, surprised to learn that those last two have appeared in other podcasts in this run-up right. to Pride Fest. So, yeah. And, and it was a recent big, uh, the best 50 horror films since 2000. I don't, right. know, if you saw, I don't know if you saw that list that was knocking about social no, media. No, I'll, I'll check it out. Is that, is that on your, is it on Britflix? No, no, no. I think it was, I think it was out through Film 4 or something like that. But it, right. um, or it might even have been IndieWire. But, um, but yeah, Descent was in the top 10. And that's as just oh, wow. horror films since 2000, you know. Um, not, it's not good. It's a, it's a great film because it's it's very simple, you know. Um, and, you know, and when you have those small worlds, and I think Estranged has benefits in that a little bit too, you can really control it. Mm. And so, you know, the Descent, descent is like, um, I don't know, besides the cabin and the cave, I don't think there's much else going on. And you really get sucked into that world. And, and I think that's really fun. You can, you can really control control that world. Yeah, and it's 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 being an end to the film world, i.e., there is nobody else that matters apart from these characters. If, yeah. If, if you're ever watching a horror film and you think safety is just around the corner because that's where Beryl lives, it's it's right. no good, is it? 
Right. Uh, and, and you know, uh, Craig Conway is in that as well. So, he plays the, the monster. Does he really? Yeah, let me double check that. He's <laughs> <laughs> sure he's in, he told me, I mean... There's, there's no reason to lie, that would make sense. Uh, See, now I'm definitely going to have to edit this, aren't I? Uh, oh, yeah, we can, you can ask me that again. I'm, I'm pretty sure Craig's in it. He, he, he's in all of um, Neil Marshall's stuff. Pretty much every film. And Mayanna, I know her very well. I know a lot of people from The Descent. Nora Jane Noon is, is in The Descent. She's in my film. Oh, okay. Yeah, Craig Conway, Crawler, Scar. He's the, he's the, the creature. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And he plays the butler in, uh, in um, The Strange. Indeed, indeed. Now, finally, do you have, for those people that, are, that might be listening to this that aren't going to Fright Fest... Uh-huh. Is there an uh, official release date, or how can people see this movie outside of Fright Fest? Yes, I believe it's being released here in the U.S. in January of next year, okay. and uh, it'll be coming to... Uh, it, it'll be announced soon that Icon will be distributing in the U.K. and, I believe, Europe, uh, but I don't know what the release date is there. Okay, okay, cool. And I know we've had some deals in, in Asia and other territories as well, but... I don't get too. I don't know the details of it, but I know it's it's definitely as far as the you know the U.S. and the U.K. It's it's coming soon. Okay. Have you got like a, a Facebook page or a website or anything like that that we can put in the show notes? Uh, facefilms.com is 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 you know Will Borthwick, myself, Ben King, and Simon's uh, uh, company that mm-hmm. was behind this. And I think for now, I'm sure that news will go up there. There's obviously going to be a more official site for the film, but I don't know what that is yet. Thanks very much for coming on the BritFlix podcast, Adam. Thank you, Stuart. It was, it's, uh, it's awesome, and I'm, I'm super happy that you took the time to review the film. My pleasure. If you don't already subscribe to BritFlix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at BritFlix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.